So let's not kid ourselves. The idea of the Cleveland Browns being a hometown team isn't exactly one that jumps to mind here in the fast lane. We're based in Virginia. I know plenty of fans have been disenchanted by the soon-to-be former owner of the Washington Commanders when that sale is expected to be officially approved to Josh Harris and Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment tomorrow. But there are other teams fans gravitate towards. Carolina Panthers, for a time the Atlanta Falcons when Michael Vick was down there. Uh, Same thing in Philadelphia when he was up there. Yes, there are three folks in this studio, Trey, Ty, and myself that have all been Philadelphia Eagles fans, but that's not even one of the more marquee teams in the NFL. Pittsburgh, Steelers, Dallas Cowboys, Green Bay Packers certainly fit that description as having national fan bases. You can throw the Raiders in there regardless of whatever their city is. The Browns never really have fit that particular description, but sometimes an incident involving the Browns, or let me rephrase it, an alleged incident involving the Cleveland Browns just has to get some attention because to answer the question posed by our friends from the Three Stooges, I'd like to think the answer is no here in the fast lane. But you can ask that question to plenty of highly paid but not necessarily most intelligent professional entertainers and the answer should be a lot different. And here's where it comes in. So first of all, the headline. Browns release defensive tackle Winfrey after robbery incident. So here's how the news report reads. This according to the worldwide leader, even though they seem to be laying people off. I don't know how much they're leading now, but alas. The Cleveland Browns released defensive tackle Perrion Winfrey on Wednesday. That would be today. After police listed him as a suspect in an aggravated robbery incident. So... The thing that jumps to mind when I just at least see that part, aggravated robbery incident. And no, I'm not a legal expert. Uh, If you want direction on this, uh, you might want to contact Trost Law. They specialize in medical malpractice and driving situations. So they could refer you to someone who knows more about this. But Perry and Winfrey, the former Oklahoma defensive tackle, apparently a native of Texas, uh, but a suspect in an aggravated robbery incident. My first thought is, why in the world would an athlete get involved in some kind of theft when you're making hundreds of thousands of dollars per year. Enough, in the immortal words of Kenny Powers, dollar, dollar, bills, y'all. That that shouldn't be a motivating factor for you. But to go further and humor yourself here in the fast lane, and again, all this is assuming the police reports are accurate and the judicial system, of course, will have something to say about this, as it should, I might add. But according to the police report. A woman claimed that she and a friend knew Perry and Winfrey and had his phone number in her phone when she saw him, Winfrey, the now former defensive tackle for Cleveland, in a hotel lobby, she shouted out his name. When he didn't respond, she took the highly mature route, no editorial inserts there, and called him a starts with a P, ends in a Y, it's five letters, and no, it's not puppy. Afterwards, Winfrey became upset. I've got to defend my manhood. You don't insult me like that. That's me interjecting, of course. Thinking the way that Winfrey, I don't know if you call him thinking if this is what happened, but alas, defend your manhood. That whole point. Winfrey became upset and allegedly followed the girl who called him the P word, not puppy, but something rhyming with that or similar to that, and a friend 
followed them outside the hotel. Noting that she became afraid, or maybe sensing an opportunity to gain her 15 minutes of fame, or maybe even some notoriety beyond that, the woman started recording on her phone. According to the report, Winfrey then went for her phone, saying, I'll smack the similar to shot, but a different vowel in there, out of you, before striking the left side of her neck. The woman also claimed that during the incident, Winfrey pulled up his shirt to show a handgun tucked in his waistband. After Winfrey left with their phones, the woman called police. Allegedly, this gets even more ridiculous. Winfrey allegedly refused to return to the scene, despite police requesting that he do so. Winfrey, of course, still at this time had not been released by the Cleveland Browns. He did leave the phones on a crate in an alley for police to retrieve. But because he didn't return him, police say the phones had, quote, good video, end quote, of Winfrey's actions and, quote, clear audio, end quote, of his threats. Though video did not actually show the gun. The police report also said the woman had a, quote, red abrasion, end quote, on her neck. Ironically, this move came just three days before the start of the Browns training camp in White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia, at a certain high-priced resort that happens to be located over there. You could insert the term overpriced. Been there many times. Great, but yes, overpriced um, in a lot of ways. So here's the thing. Again, the Cleveland Browns are not a marquee team in any way, shape, or form. But this is just so ridiculous that we have to insert all of the great sound bites that we do in the fast lane. Are you that dumb? Apparently, if this is true, Perry and Winfrey would fit that particular description. Because the woman who claimed that she and a friend knew Winfrey and somehow had his number in her phone, she shouts at him in the hotel lobby. He doesn't respond. She calls him the P-word, similar to puppy, but not exactly. And then Winfrey becomes upset and follows them outside the hotel. So here's the bigger picture overview. I don't care if his well-endowed parts or her very nice area make for a good period of time. Here's the reality to this. If you're such a baller as an athlete, take the mindset that you might be able to find somebody else and use some common sense here. Is it really worth engaging in this commentary, even when you initially had the discipline, or maybe you just didn't hear her, to ignore this individual. If you're not interested and you're not interested, fine. But going berserk probably is not the way to solve this particular problem. Just throwing it out there. Because have a level of common sense and realize that you've got hundreds of thousands of dollars at stake. And if you are remotely decent... As a defensive lineman in the NFL, where that position is so highly valued, you will be worth millions of dollars. Dude, it ain't worth it to get engaged. And then he finally gets upset because she calls him the P-word, not puppy, but something similar. And then he has to defend his manliness. I have to take a stand and show I'm not going to be insulted. Dude, why the hell do you care what anyone thinks? If you don't care about this girl enough, if you knew her or didn't know her, if you didn't know her, why do you care? And if you knew her, but you didn't care about her enough to respond, why do you care when she insults you? You've already moved on. Like, again, we cannot be that smart in the fast lane 
that you can't exercise some level of common sense on your own. Like, the, the headline is so amusing in that particular sense. He follows her outside. She starts recording on the phone. And then that's when he acts out. Dude, again, common sense. I get it. You may have been an athlete where everything was handed to you. I can't speak for whether this was true or not, but plenty of athletes, everything is laid out on a silver platter. And if you make dumb decisions in college, they'll get rid of those decisions and find ways to brush it under the rug because it's bad business. Have we not learned anything recently? Former Georgia football or current Georgia football player embroiled in a potential situation. Uh, But there's disputes about what happened. Obviously, Northwestern is the latest example. Dude, the phone is not your friend at that point in time. Why are you acting out? What in the world are you? I mean, again, you're probably not thinking, but that's when you start to go off on this particular woman. You strike her on the left side. You end up uh, you know, saying insulting things to her. Um, here's the thing. There is good video and good audio, allegedly, from this situation. I, I am just amused By the fact that you have an athlete, a professional entertainer. Again, no one ever says if these allegations are true. And it is always important to remember that you're innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. But if these allegations happen to be true, dude, really? That's the direction that we've chosen to go. I just, some things, sometimes you can't fix poor decision making. And that's just... I don't know. Maybe I'm at a loss for words, but nobody says that these individuals are always the sharpest knives in the drawer. Now, if you want to be the sharpest individual, the easiest way to do it is to save money. No, you don't need to engage in ridiculous activities that are going to net lots of legal bills. Instead, you need to go to InsaneRadioDeals.com. Because InsaneRadioDeals.com is your home for great summer experiences like Sequest of Lynchburg. Also, the Lynchburg Hillcats, general admission and reserve seating with a $10 food voucher and much more. So shop 24-7 at InsaneRadioDeals.com. Now there are other stories that we get to address in the Fast Five at 5-ish before a real good chat that we're expected to have coming up in the next half hour. Less than that, 5.30 p.m. is when we're expected to connect with Paul Stone, pro handicapper on the Open Championship and a lengthy discussion we're hoping to have on Virginia area schools and their conferences, the ACC, Conference USA, and the Sun Belt, and how they fit in to the Pantheon in the upcoming college football season with Paul Stone expected around 545 today in the fast lane. But there are other topics we get to address right now in the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. The NFL franchise tag deadline came and went the other day. And some players agreed to long-term extensions with their team. And some did not. Among the grouping that did not, all three were running backs. Here's the thing. The NFL is easily looking for a way to shortchange that position. And it's somewhat ironic because in the case of a a guy like Josh Jacobs, I can kind of understand how he's viewed as more of a traditional running back. But a guy like Saquon Barkley and a guy like Tony Pollard in Dallas, arguably the most important offensive weapons that those particular teams have. The market says they're running backs. 
but realistically how they're used within those offenses, are they really running backs or are they more Swiss Army Knife chess pieces? Because Trey, we saw this throughout the last couple of years that there are running backs that can get paid. Christian McCaffrey is the prime example where he gets out of Carolina and their coaching staff with Matt Rule and goes to San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan knows what he's doing and all of a sudden he is not a running back. Okay, in official designation he is, but in terms of how he's utilized, it's more as a Swiss Army knife offensive weapon similar to a Debo Samuel, similar to how they generally use their personnel out there and therefore it has created a changeup. For Barkley and especially Tony Pollard, I think they fit that description. Now, do I believe in my right mind they're going to miss paychecks? Not at all, because they're not going to. If I'm them, I just wait until the upcoming season dawns, come back that Tuesday before the opening week so you're on the active roster, you collect your check, maybe you're out a week or two, and if it puts the team in a bind, hey, you're doing exactly what they would do, which is watching out for number one, which is your own best interest. Yeah, I when you're that type of athlete on the NFL level, you just need to be smart and not put yourself in those situations and it can cost yourself. Like, uh, this is not the first time we've seen something like this and it won't be the last time we see something like this. It's common sense will take you a long way and, you know, it's kind of the stupid tax or the, you know, the, the reason you're getting cut is, you know, just making a dumb decision and we've seen it before and we'll we'll continue to see it it's unfortunate and then as for the running backs uh it's a tough position to be in like i think saquon parkley and josh jacobs are probably the best two players on their offenses but they play a position that has a very big supply and a low demand so that's what the market dictates i think the giants should pay saquon barkley because I don't think their offense is particularly going to be that good without him. Um, I, if you're you're the Raiders, you're going nowhere as it sits right now. I don't think it matters what you do with Josh Jacobs, but you know it's crazy to see the leading rusher in the NFL and the one of the best running backs in the NFL both probably miss most of training camp as a holdout. Indeed, that is one of the biggest. I combine those. I combine both things we were talking about there. By the way, so you see how I crafted. You know, I. I you see what I did there? I, I did. You okay. blended them together in a suave, professional manner. Because you didn't, you didn't really give me a break. You know, you didn't give me like a, a point at the start. Which you were going, you were on fire. You know, that's you have those moments where you just go and you go and you go. And that, I'm not saying that is a bad thing. That's what people come to expect here on the fast lane. You, you are, you go hyper speed. You hyper speed in the fast lane. And, and, and sometimes you forget about traffic. Yes, indeed. Well, if you have been the victim of somebody going too fast and therefore it's not worked out to your best benefit or you know someone, then maybe Trost Law is in your future uh, because you might need some representation to take care of unfortunate situations that often do arise. Number four. One bit of a correction. We're not above those in the fast lane. Fox is expecting to see a big numbers increase from Team USA because, no, not at 6 a.m., but the first two Women's World Cup games, July 21st against Vietnam and the 26th against the Netherlands, will both kick off in prime time. So you don't have to get up early, Trey. Congratulations to you. I know this is exciting. I'm more excited by the fact the Vietnam game on July 21st. It's Friday night in prime time, so even I might actually be able to stay up for that one. Now, bad news for you. Portugal Team USA on August 1st, when I'll be on vacation, that does kick off at 3 a.m. That one I might not watch. Um, But uh, 
yeah, it's it's cool to see. I, I think the Australian, it provides a unique, you know, with Australia, it's what, like 12 hours ahead? I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, 12, like 10 to 12 hours ahead because the, uh, the news about the latest Australian supercars driver came out like last, the night before RCR announced it. So um, I, I think it's going to, you know, I'm expecting the final to be in prime time, which would be a really cool thing because I'm assuming the Americans get there. It could be a U.S.-England game, um, U.S.-Australia, which could be a big game uh, with Australia hosting. So it, it's shaping up to be an interesting tournament. Oh, indeed, it definitely is. Speaking of television, by the way. Number three. The numbers are in, and we discussed this Monday in the Fast Lane, but Wimbledon and ESPN seeing an audience uptick for both the men's and women's finals, including Carlos Alcaraz's epic five-set victory over Novak Djokovic, the most watched gentlemen's final since Djokovic knocked off Roger Federer in 2019 in the second best final over the last decade. I do believe Alcaraz is going to be able to make that uh, even more compelling. He's much must-watch TV in terms of just the, the talent he is. He's kind of the perfect tennis player crafted in a lab, and at some point, I think he'll be well ahead of everyone in tennis. Uh, I think Djokovic will still give him a run for his money, but uh, it goes back to what we discussed as well. The fact that this was so well-viewed is largely because of where it was on the calendar with how little competition there is. I, I do think Alcaraz, if he's in finals, can help in events like the Australian Open, even though it starts at 4.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Obviously, the U.S. Open, which goes head-to-head with the NFL, but you're going to see the bigger upticks for the French in Wimbledon because it's a time of year where it fits a little bit better in that Sunday morning 9 a.m. time slot. Not ideal, but better domestically, and yes, a much lighter slate competition-wise on the sports calendar. Number two. The Pac-12, speaking of TV, will not announce a new television deal this coming week, according to Yahoo Sports. It's now going into August that the league's year-long pursuit of a rights package will continue to unfold. The conference holds its media days this coming Friday in Las Vegas. By the way, Coach Prime not expected to be there because of his uh, leg procedure. More on that in number one. But here's the thing. The Pac-12, according to Sports Business Journal, is claiming there are, quote, new entrants, end quote. Is it just me, Trey, or does it seem like this conference is just trying to manufacture some kind of interest in their broadcast rights, realizing that the market uh, may not be as robust as they expected and tried to tout when they began this process a few months ago? If it... Yeah, this is a dead man walking kind of conference. I've always kind of felt like that. I felt like the Big 12 by being more aggressive, and it seems like uh, the the corner schools, even though they're not all on the corner, go look at a map. Um, uh, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. Seem destined for the Pac-12. and You mean for the Big 12? Or the Big 12. And then we'll see. I, it, there's more moves to be made. Um, we'll see what happens with the Pac-12. I think they'll get a TV deal. I think it'll be the worst of the Power Five. Um, if it's somehow better than the ACC, then the ACC should be panicking. Um, the only reason it would be better is because it could be shorter for you know more money. Um, but uh, we'll see what happens. I am. I don't have a lot of confidence in the in the Pac-12. Speaking of the Pac-12 and one of those four corner schools, and number one on the Fast Five at five. Let me guess. <laughs> you know why we're bringing this up, Trey? Do you want to just go ahead and say it since you're so confident? Well, you're just about to talk about your your favorite college football coach, Coach Prime. 
You cashed your minus 1,000 bet right there. The layup. That's my layup for the day. (laughs) It is. He's not going to be at Pac-12 Media Days. There's some people that would think that he's trying to dodge some of the challenging questions that have been out there in comments about his program. I am on the opposite end of the spectrum from those. Trey, when has this guy not found a camera or microphone that he wants to embrace? If Coach Prime could be at Pac-12 Media Days, oh, he would be glad to be there because he will take all the free advertising that comes from media attention. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who is nearly losing his foot. Um, I, I would, I think, I know that he's going. He had a surgery recently, a couple weeks ago, um, and he's been dealing with an issue with his foot. So, uh, I, I agree with you. If, if Coach Prime could be at Pac-12 Media Days, he'd be at Pac-12 Media Days. Um, it's just health issues are health issues. It is clear. And he'd rather focus on the season than Pac-12 media days when he has to pick it. I mean, especially when he has a, a lot of work as the win total has fallen to three and a half. Somebody who likes the under for that, by the and way. there is your Fast Five at five-ish. Jump the gun on that one, I did. Paul Stone, pro handicapper, will touch on college football after we chat with him about the Open Championship next here in the Fast Lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and across the Virginia Talk Radio Network.